With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looking for the puck is Parker. Couldn't clear. Stopped by Cook for a long shot. He scores! Colorado wins the Stanley Cup! Colorado wins! Ewing Group at 4 30. Got it. A chance for the empty netter! Got it! He got it! He got it! The Jets and Gateways got tackled by a teammate! Joe Sackick will come out to receive it as captain. The Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. And after 22 years, Raymond Marsh! We did it, Avalanche fans. We made it back to Avalanche hockey. Better yet, we get Avalanche playoff hockey. Starting with a round robin in a couple of days. And uh, also starting with an exhibition today. I've got my Avalanche jersey on. I wore one yesterday just kind of in solidarity to the NHL's return. I got one on again today. I got like eight jerseys. I might just wear one every day for the next eight days. Maybe even wash four of them while I'm wearing the next four. So I might just be wearing Avs jerseys every day for the next two months. If you're with me, let me know. <laughs> so thank you folks for turning tuning in at Elevation. Uh, this is a podcast brought to you by Mile High Hockey. Uh, my name is Adrian Hernandez again. Please don't forget to subscribe to this um, podcast on whichever platform you are using, uh, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, etc. Uh, today I'm going to talk about kind of a lot of things. It's been a, it's been a little bit. I'm going to talk with my boy. Scott McDonald. We're going to talk about the bubble roster, the Avalanche Award hopefuls, and we will preview today's game. That's right, I said it. Today's game with the Minnesota Wild. Before I get into anything too Avs related, I want to touch on the action from last night, the exhibition games from last night. Uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by just how much bite the Battle of Alberta game had to it. Um, and, I, and I think last night kind of answered any questions that people may have had as to whether or not uh, these exhibition games were going to feature uh, a pace and a level of emotion that is uh, similar to like a regular season game or if it's going to be like a preseason game. I think it was more like a regular season game towards the end of the season that's kind of like a throwout game, like, both teams definitely in all in all three games played with a certain level of intensity, but there was definitely they took a little bit of an edge off. You might not think so in the Battle of Alberta, but I think if circumstances were, uh, if emotions were truly as high as they've been in the past, some of the scuff, scuffles that just resulted in whistles and walkaways would have resulted in in some fights. I think, but that's just my opinion. Um, so that's kind of what I think about how uh, we can interpret this uh, avalanche game against the Minnesota Wild tonight. 
All right, so let's talk about the players that made it to Edmonton that are in the bubble. Um, there's some obvious Andre Burakovsky, Nathan McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, Kadri, Nachushkin, Donskoy, Comfer, Nemesnikov, Nieto, Belmar, Calvert, Jost, Dries, O'Connor, Bowers, and Tynan on the front end. And on the back end, we got Ryan Graves, Kale McCarr, Sammy G, Eric Johnson, Ian Cole, Nikita Zadorov, Mark Barbario, Connor Timmins, Bowen Byram. That's right, I said Bowen Byram, Kevin Connaughton, and Anton Lindholm, and Annette, Philip Grubauer, Pavel Francouz, Francois, I don't know, <laughs> and Michael Hutchinson. So the things that we notice, obviously, is who's been cut. It's been a tough go for uh, Vladislav Kamenev, who just seems to be catching bad break after bad break in terms of injuries. He had to have some surgery, which is kind of, I'm, I'm assuming, resulted in a, a different Vladislav Kamenev when it was time to come back to camp before this 2014 play-in round. Um, the defenseman, Jacob McDonald, he was cut as well. That's kind of a surprise. And Scott McDonald actually touches on this a little bit. I think he mentioned it on Twitter Um he, he can play two positions, so he seemed like he may have been uh, a very good option for the Avalanche going into the playoffs. So that's kind of a surprise. Goaltender Adam Warner was cut. Also kind of a surprise, just not necessarily a surprise, but it tells you uh, the Avalanche's strategy and their confidence in their goaltending and the confidence in the health of their goaltenders because the Avs are going one of the teams that are going with three goalies rather than four so that they can add an extra skater. Um, and we all know as Avs fans, knock on wood, of course, that goaltending is a very injury-prone position. So some people may may raise their eyebrow at that given that the Avalanche themselves had some goaltending injury woes just this season. But I think... Uh, that's the right move. I, I don't think anybody, as my boy Tom Hunter tells me, you can't bet on an injury. So <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of what it seems like the Avalanche are doing. Um, so that's kind of the, the bubble roster. I think the, the cool thing is in reading off the forwards and defenders, all the names that were hit and miss on any given night, they're all on the roster. If I was any other team in the NHL going into this playoff situation, I would be deathly afraid <laughs> of the Colorado Avalanche and their roster. When the Avs are healthy, like they are now, you actually get to see all of Joe Sackick's work on the ice together, and that can be a thing of beauty. I'm curious to see how much of Bowers, Byram, and Timmins uh, we get to see. I don't imagine that. I imagine we'll see a lot of them in the exhibition, but I don't know if um, they make you know the roster or the the lineup when playoff times come. If if and when the Abs go deep, however, playoff hockey can tend to wear. On players and it's very likely that they get called into action so that's pretty awesome I think the fact that all this has gone down um, has been obviously not so good in a lot of ways for the world but if you can look at the silver lining in terms of the hockey world and put it in the context of the Colorado Avalanche 
I think the silver lining is we're going to get to look at these younger dudes in a much more intense situation. And kind of they got another camp, basically. Um, Bowen got to go to Vancouver for a whole other year. Now he gets camp. He could potentially play in the playoffs. He could potentially not play. And he's not going to go against his entry-level contract. So it's really cool. Uh, I just think it's a win-win for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, And we get to see... You know, Connor Timmons could be a great story in this playoffs. If, if for whatever reason he seems he finds himself getting a lot of ice time, what a great story! Talk, it'll be, it'll be the talk of at least the Colorado Avalanche camp. And if he really does perform well, I wouldn't be surprised if the entire league starts to talk about just how insurmountable his odds were. It seemed at times, and how he could find himself in that situation. I look forward to that. Um, I hope you guys do too. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Avalanche Award hopefuls. My boy, Nasty Nathan McKinnon, he, uh, if, if he needed affirmation from his peers in terms of his ability, I think this year he's going to get it. I really hope so. Um, he's up for the Hart and the Ted Lindsay and the Lady Bing. Um, the thing is, if he doesn't win, it's going to light a fire under Nathan McKinnon's butt. He's like, I watched the uh, Last Dance documentary, and it seemed like Michael Jordan just would look around for things to piss him off and get a fire lit under his ass so that he would have something kind of to chew on and drive his competitive spirit. I think Nathan McKinnon is very similar, and I think even being stifled from his first heart nominee has has fueled his fire a little bit so no matter how these awards play out for nathan mckinnon he's gonna either be affirmed which will mean a lot to him and i think that'll improve his mental game or he's gonna be once again snuffed and that's going to really really light the competitive fire within nathan mckinnon And, and when it comes to nathan mckinnon he's the, the phrase, don't poke the bear, comes to mind. Because you really don't want to turn him on. Same, He's a lot like, I always say that he has um, the same kind of competitive scowl. You could see that look on his brow on the bench. Um, and it reminds me of the late Kobe Bryant. So I think that's the sort of character that uh, Nathan McKinnon has. So I don't think we have anything to worry about in terms of how those awards turn out. I think, of, of course that he's deserving of all of them. Uh, and then moving on to Kale McCarr, who has had an absolutely, who had an absolutely tremendous year um, for his rookie season after coming into the playoffs last year. He just is one of those guys, as soon as he gets the puck, everybody kind of stops and waits to see what he does. It's almost like he puts everyone in a froze, like a free, in a frozen state. Um, and he's been incredible to watch. He's incredible offensively, but what's really impressive is how he can pass the puck out of the back end and just how well he skates in transition. Uh, we've all seen the highlight of him on the power play too, where he kind of opened up and he made it look like he was going to do the classic avalanche drop pass to Nathan McKinnon. And he just kind of opened up and then kept going forward and totally, I think he faked out the cameraman. So Kale McCarr's up for the Calder Rookie of the Year. Very deserving. I think, honestly, he's a shoe in for that one. I'd be surprised, 
because I, I think the consensus in listening to a lot of uh, hockey content is that Calder, or excuse me, is that McCarr is just a little bit, just a little bit better than Hughes at this point, and he has a little bit more of an impact on his team. So, like I said, I think he's a shoo-in for the Calder. Um, and then last but not least, of course, Gabriel Landeskog up for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Memorial Trophy, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> that was a mouthful. Best captain on and off the ice. I think uh, everyone who is in the greater Denver area can attest to just how cool it is when the Avalanche go to the Children's Hospital. And uh, I know that Nathan, or excuse me, that Gabriel Landeskog is a big part of that. Um, and that he's always been a big part of the fashion show that the Avalanche do as well. So um, he's definitely deserving of the King Clancy Award. And I'd be I'd be elated to see him get, uh, you know, that affirmation because Gabe is a great captain on the ice, but is definitely one of those leaders that kind of galvanizes the group off and he galvanizes the community off the ice. So he's a, he's a great nomination for that award. Um, I think he, he deserves it one way or another. Gabe, you got it in my heart, man. (laughs) So let's move on. We'll, uh, we'll bring in Scott McDonald here. Scott, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Yeah. Hanging in there. Well, it's good to hear that you uh, haven't gone mad given current circumstances. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, all in our own little, our own respect, we, we're going a little crazy, but sure. I'm glad that there's uh, some light at the end of the tunnel here, and we're, we're getting back to, to normalcy, I suppose. Yeah, we're getting back to hockey, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So I was just touching on the fact that uh, Nathan McKinnon is up for the Ted Lindsay, the Hart Trophy, and that uh, Kale McCarr is a shoe-in, as I put it for the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Tell me what you think their chances are at winning those awards and uh, kind of expand as to why. I mean, I think maybe a little biasly, I think if you ask any Avs fan, they'll tell you uh, Kale McCarr, Calder McCarr, is, uh, he's going to earn that, that trophy, and I think he, he certainly deserves it just based on what he's, he's brought to his team. Um, I think it's kind of a two-way battle between him and Quinn Hughes in Vancouver, but I think when you look at uh, what – McCarr was able to do for for this Avs team this year and and fewer games than what Hughes has played. I think it's I think that earns him the trophy. Uh, as far as uh, the Ted Lindsay going to McKinnon, I think he's also got a decent chance of that. Maybe not as as much of a lock as I think Kale has on the on the Calder Trophy, but we'll certainly see. I'm I'm rooting for him. That's for sure. Yeah, as am I. Good luck to. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, as well as Gabriel Landeskog, and just to be nominated for those awards, in and of in and of itself, is an honor. Especially this year, some really good candidates in both uh, in all of those awards. So, with the exciting news and realization that the Avalanche will be playing real hockey today against the Minnesota Wild, what are you most excited for? What do you want to see? I mean, I think just like. All I mean, the fact that we have hockey back is just that's that's awesome news. And I mean, I love how the uh, the schedule is laid out. We're getting like four, five, six games a day for for the first couple of weeks there. And it's, I mean, it's a it's it's a hockey lover's dream come true. So I think just uh, the fact that we're getting hockey back, and I mean, the ABS are are healthy. I guess so is for a lot of teams now after having like three, four months off. But I think it's going to be a very exciting tournament, and interested to see how they the NHL pulls this off. Yeah, I am too. And so you mentioned that the Avalanche 
kind of have an advantage in that they are healthy for the first time in a long time. It's an advantage that I think most teams will have. What other advantages do you think the Colorado Avalanche uh, are going to count on? Yeah, I mean, like you just said, like I said, um, I mean, the fact that they're, they're healthy is, is a huge advantage. Uh, you look at what the, the Avs were able to accomplish throughout the season when, with some key players at, uh, at various times throughout the year being out. Uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very deep team. So I think that's a, an advantage that they have over other teams that are also healthy. I mean, I mean, like you look at right before the season ended on a, whatever, like March 11th, when they won that overtime game, they had Burakovsky out, Calvert was out, their number one goalie, Grubauer was out. Kadri, Randon all had uh, some lanky injuries, and I think McKinnon was set to miss a couple weeks there too. And they still went, you know, seven two and one down the stretch before the season ended. And I think that's just—it's it, wild. It really speaks to the depth of this team and and how how well they can play together. You know, even when like the huge names are out, like the McKinnons and the Rantons, and they're they're still able to excel. I think that's, I guess, an advantage if you want to call it that with this team. And I think uh, we'll see how it plays out in the playoffs. I think they're they're going to be pretty solid. Yeah, I think you're right. I think their ability to have a certain level of play when a lot of the the main key pieces of the roster were out does speak to their depth, and that is an advantage. Um, another thing that people are excited about is that Bowen Byram uh, made the roster. How much of him do you think we can expect to see, and what have you seen of him since he went back to Vancouver? Yeah, so I followed him a little bit um, when he went back to Vancouver after the, he was cut from training camp earlier in the year. But I think he obviously had a great season. I think that was that's going to be his last year in Vancouver. I, I think I see him making an impact on the NHL roster next year. But I'm not sure if he's going to play at all. But I think it makes sense um, to just, I mean, why not? It's just free, free extra skating. And from what I hear, the first two days of training camp here, he's been very, very impressive. And I think they'll, for that reason alone, they'll they'll bring him to to Edmonton to at least practice with the team and get as much time under his belt that he can with defending some of the best players in the NHL on, on the Az roster. Yeah, and his play to uh, tonight will not work against any contract obligations, so that's cool. Um, I think it's important that he experiences some immersion into the Avalanche culture and locker room and kind of becomes one of the guys. It's going to make a big difference when it comes time for next training camp, and he it'll be a much easier transition for him, I feel like, to get into his groove. Um, looking at the 2014 playoff, I see uh, the round-robin teams, and the only one that I can look at that I can't remember the Avs having a solid outing against is the Dallas Stars. Tell me... Uh, which round robin matchup are you most looking forward to? I mean, I think you just touched on it right there. The uh, I, I'm curious to see how they do against Dallas, just because obviously they've given them a lot of trouble this this year um, for whatever reason. I mean, they went I think it was like o two and two against Dallas this year, and Dallas is a very very strong defensive team, and I'll be curious to see if one if the Stars can pick up where they left off as far as being you know that elite defensively, and then two I just want to see if the Avs maybe with this full healthy roster uh, can maybe give Dallas a run for their money. And I guess if you want to call it an exhibition game, kind of, I mean, it's not a win or lose, lose or go home kind of situation, but I mean, I'd love to see how, how they perform against Dallas, but I'd say St. Louis is going to be a really good matchup too. Cause I think obviously the defending Stanley cup champions. Um, and I think the abs have had a little better luck against St. Louis this year, like you touched on. And I think Dallas is going to, or uh, I think uh, St. Louis is going to be, 
a potential matchup we see outside of the round robin between Colorado and St. Louis down the road. So I think that's going to be kind of a maybe some sort of preview, I guess, for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and the Avalanche uh, players and coaches were pretty vocal at the beginning of the year that the, the goal of the regular season was to walk away with home ice advantage. So I'm hoping that they kind of take that and carry that goal into this round robin play because that's still what's up for grabs in, in some way or another. How deep do you think the Avalanche can go in this 24 team format? I mean, I try not to get you know too excited about it because it's it's anyone's kind of tournament. Um, that's what they always say in the playoffs. It's anyone's game. Doesn't matter how hot you're going into it or how good your team is. People get lucky night in and night out. But I think honestly, I mean, this Avs team is just incredible to watch. Like I touched on a little bit earlier, the fact they're missing you know over half, like five or six of their top nine guys um, throughout the season at various points, and they're still able to to excel and be one of the top teams in NHL. I think that's incredibly impressive. And I think given that, given how deep this team is. Um, and obviously the rest they have and other NHL teams have, I think Colorado has the potential to, to go all the way, and we'll see how it goes, but I think there's a, a solid chance. Yeah, hopefully you and I are both at the virtual parade when the Avalanche hoists. <laughs> uh, you know, that's I, I think you're very, very right. I think you're righteous in being excited for the Colorado Avalanche because this roster is stacked, and if everything goes as planned, we are very much a contender um, one of the contributing factors to how well the Avs performed last postseason was the uh, resurgence of a couple of younger players like JT Comfer. Who do you see making a, a, a step up like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, you always look at the, uh, the underdog guys because in the playoffs especially, like, opposing team defenses will obviously really hone in on like the guys like McKinnon and the, the Rantanins, the Landis guys, the top two lines. So. I think in the playoffs to go deep, you it's those third and fourth line role players that will oftentimes emerge and really help the team win. So, I guess to answer your question, I'd like I'd like to see a guy like you know Pierre Bellemar, like potentially doing some stuff on the fourth line. Like I could see him, uh, you know, making a big contributing factor on the on the roster. Um, I would love to see a guy like you know Tyson Jost. I'm, I've always been Team Tyson. I know he gets a, a bad rap in the Avs community, but I'd love to see him go off in the postseason. Um, I think that would obviously he's got all the motivation to do so. His his contract's up this year, and then there's obviously some serious question marks about whether or not he'll he'll be offered an extension this off season. But I would love to see him just kind of prove his worth. And he was playing he was playing really really hot before the the season paused back in March. And I'd love to see him kind of continue that and light a fire under his rear end, if you will, to uh, try to get that contract extension in the off season and just go off in this playoffs. I sure hope you're right, and I sure hope he does, because there is a fan at the Pepsi Center who sits about 10 rows up from where I sit, and every time a puck kind of glances off Jost's stick or he misses the net, the guy yells, almost Jost, and I would like nothing more than to never hear that again. So I wish all the luck in the world to Tyson Jost. I know he's being left off a lot of the starting lineups, and the predicted starting lineups, uh, among avalanche fans but i wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a lot of him in the playoffs he was getting hot i believe he actually had the game tying goal in no i think he had the first goal or second goal in the avalanche last game a uh, long time ago against the rangers um 
So you're right. He was getting. He was kind of turning it on towards the end of the regular season. That was. Um, Jared Bednar seems to have have really solidified his position with the Avalanche uh, franchise, and a lot of people expected that he would be nominated for the Coach of the Year. I think he got snubbed. Um, tell me, do you think that he should have been on that list of nominees? I mean, I, I think he did too. I mean, you just look at, I, I have nothing but respect for the, for Bednar. I think he's a great guy. And, um, I, I would say he got snubbed for sure. I mean, you look at what he was able to do again. I've mentioned it a few times throughout this call, but I mean, what he was able to do with this roster, which maybe you could attribute some of that to, to Joe Sackett building a very deep team. But the fact that it was like almost night in and night out, he was getting thrown curveballs and for the most part, knocking him out of the park. Uh, I think it's that's that speaks you know volumes to how you control a locker room and how you're able to kind of mesh people together and kind of think on your toes at all times and I think that's certainly worthy of at least some award recognition but at least a nomination like a finalist but unfortunately that wasn't the case this year and I mean the the ultimate I guess retribution would be uh, to to go out and win the Stanley Cup. Yep, the best way to prove anybody wrong is to hoist. So. I think it bodes well for the Avalanche. I think it'll serve as motivation going into the playoffs, as if you need any more motivation than the Stanley Cup. But I think, the, like I said, that'll bode well for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, Scott. Thank you so much for talking with me, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we'll get you back on the program very soon, I promise. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. That was Scott McDonald of Mile High Hockey. You can check out a lot of his work. He's a very, very good writer. Um, he, he can find him on milehighhockey.com. You can actually search his user, in it, and all of his articles will pop up. Um, Scott's a great guy. It's always a pleasure to talk with him. Um, so last thing I'm going to do is kind of preview. Listen to this. I'm going to preview today's game against the Minnesota Wild. It starts at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time. It's an exhibition game. Be prepared to see a lot of young guys. Be prepared to see the top line flying as the, as the game starts. We'll see how long those studs get to play. And I think everyone has, you know, the question of goaltender in mind. Who's it going to be? I think either if we see a split tonight, then the question is still at hand. But if we see a goalie start and finish a game, that that's probably who the Avalanche are going to go with as their starter in the playoff and round-robin rounds. So that's it for me today. Thank you folks so much for tuning in. My name is Adrian Hernandez. I am reporting live from Pueblo, Colorado, and uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you folks. If you like this content, please subscribe on uh, podcast and on Spotify. Also, don't forget to head on over to milehighhockey.com for your latest and greatest Colorado Avalanche news. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. You can reach us at, at @elevationpod. That's at, at @elevationpod, or you can tweet the whole website, which is at @milehighhockey.com. From me to you, folks, have fun watching Colorado Avalanche hockey today. You guys have a good one.